Hey everyone, how's it going? Sports Talks podcast, back, solo cast, just flexing a little bit off the back of a call I, I did with my um, guys on Legacy coaching group. And, and with that, if you head to the show notes, uh, head to the links, wherever they are, you can get the first module for the Sports Speed certification for free. Go and access it. I want to get it out there. I want to get you access to it. So this is the best way. Off the back of it, you get the first module and then everything else is taken care of from there. Sign up, then you get your hour coaching call, free event and everything like that with yours truly in the interest of speed. So what I want to talk to you guys about today, and if you're in the podcast listening up, you can flip this on Spotify, watch the video, get over to YouTube because I'm about to blow up some uh, diagrams. So <clears throat> we were talking about um understanding how do we create physical stress and load in the in, with respect to maximum velocity sprinting using the learn load execute model we have uh areas of um stress that we're trying to accumulate and different elements and 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 the ways in which that we want to be able to nurture and facilitate our athletic development with our athletes so with that, I just want to show you a couple of images and, and talk through a couple of things. Um, so, first of all, understanding the phases of sprinting. Oh, that's not very nice. So here, we have, we run our velocity chart. So we have our start and our early acceleration. Um, we then have our transition. We have our maximum velocity and we have our speed Um speed reserve speed maintenance whatever you want to call it so one two three four five okay in a hundred meter sprinting model what you will have is you know this typically is 60 meters maybe 70 you see bolt get it in 80 and then the rest of the 100 meter sprint is there okay it's managing the ability to slow down the slowest who usually wins the race but Team sports sprinting, very, very different, okay? Very, very different. So we clear all those out. And let's take this. Let's have our given distance. Um, most team sport activity occurs, right, inside, if we're going to play the percentages, um, 30 meters, for example, 30 meters, okay? And usually, if we have a, a, a sprint starting from a given velocity of zero, it's just easier to understand, um, but sometimes these are rolling and, you know, you're looking at anywhere between under 10% of maximum velocity to find early acceleration as opposed to sprint float sprint variations or split, sprint coast sprint variations. Easy for me to say. So from here, we can break this down again. And what I like to do is break it down into steps. So zero to three, four steps four to seven and then seven to about if we call it 20 ish right you're at 30 meters now now this is where we break up our zones the reason why seven steps is 10 meters for for most people so here this is like the 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 meeting point where you either change direction if you've not done before you either tackle someone if you've not done before or you either get hit if you've not been hit before other than that you are home free on an open tear okay so then we have to condense our zones so zone one uh steps one to three is going to be our early acceleration so everything's going to be horizontally biased uh from our displacement point of view 
Okay, then three to seven, those next four steps are going to be our transition, where everything's going to be a little bit up and a little bit forward. Then all of our um, our force after that is is up and down. So our force pairings, um, you know, we talk extensively about this in the physiology of sprinting in the in the certification. Our force our force pairings there obviously replicate the opposite, and our technical model represents that as well. So when you understand this picture, you can start to see, well, shit, how am I going to start creating loading, physical stress loading inside my uh, sprint coaching program? Well, here we have it, because when you look at what happens at a given sprint of an athlete, most athletes, this is what I'm talking about. Remember, we have four tiers of sprint qualification we're here massively in that learn to sprint and do yourself a good humbling and recognizing where your athletes are there don't say to yourself i'm not learning to sprint i'm not my athletes don't learn to sprint they're not learning to sprint well if they're a team sport athlete and they have not uh done speed consistently for the last five years they're still learning to sprint and if they can't get themselves out of the most crucial stage of sprinting then they're still learning to sprint everything's a learn and everyone goes back to a learn every time they pb remember that so when we're looking at the problems that occur like we want people inside 30 meters you know to be able to hit 95 plus percent of their max velocity some some people will tap out here but the problem is that we we find is we lose the relationship in this transitional zone so the area so it's all about the area under the curve. So in this in this area that we have here, there's lots of things going on. Now, I'm going through this very, very quickly for you because I want to make sure that you, you understand here. So in terms of our displacement, we need to increase the, the distance between the center of mass and the ground. And we need to keep increasing it. The reason why? So we can find an effective leg cycle so we can get that front side curve coming through which is going to allow us to move forward so we want to get out of the backside piston action and into the front side uh, sweep essentially but in this phase in this phase this is where it breaks down for your athletes so we can't actually get effective ground reaction force in that um in those later phases because they've not built their curve towards it so again this straight line relative ground reaction force per step change okay it's a very simple relationship we know that at rest there's only there's only uh ground reaction force of net mass where at 100 percent of max velocity it's going to be ground reaction force of net mass plus or multiplied by um force at percentage of max whatever you want to call that number relative you know there's reported 10 12 14 15 16 times body weight okay but team sports sprinting remember this is 30 meters okay we have to get there in 30 meters remember we're going zero let's play the numbers 10 times body weight per step from zero inside 20 steps different ball game and obviously that rate of ground reaction force uh change per step is huge okay over those first seven or so steps right i've doing that for argument's sake so what we what we 
what will then happen from a technical point of view is the athlete will, will lose the ability to tolerate and express and understand that force. They'll lose it. And when they lose it, then the technical um, model will break. And where conventional thinking, it's like it's a technical issue. It's not a technical issue. It's a force issue. And it's not necessarily a force issue. That's the issue. It's the rate of which the force is applied is an issue. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully you understood that. And so when we're in this position, we have a real good tool that we can use. Okay. And negotiating and pushing ourselves out of transition so it's from steps um you know four to 15 call it argument's sake for a given 30 meter sprint okay the goal is to get out of transition and then how do we get out of transition we minimize the amount of horizontal and turn it into vertical that's all we do we have to get out because if we don't get out we never will get out all right and then that's where lots of injuries and, and things occur so we know that that area under the curve exists. Okay, so then we blow things up, we blow things out, and we just introduce and in the way that you can use dribble bleeds. Okay, there's two different things that I like to use the dribble bleed, and we break up a 30 meter zone into three zones, we've got our zero uh, to five, then we've got our 25 to 30, the rest in the middle is our shin bleed. And inside that shin bleed, what we're trying to do is is through the there's a couple of sections with inside it but the goal is just to push up and push out all right with that dribble bleed we want to increase because remember leg frequency needs to increase so we need to increase leg fre frequency within that shin, shin dribble change the relationship between the center of mass and the ground so increase vertical displacement increase frequency and uh decrease impulse well increase impulse decrease time on the ground but increase force applied therefore net result is increased speed that is the area in which you need to uh, focus on and blow out because if you want to load maximum velocity and use sprinting to actually load sprinting then you need to earn the right to get there first and that's one way that you can do it by using dribble bleeds shin dribbles effectively in your coaching practice um and and go from there so if you want to learn more about this stuff, you know where I am. Um, and if you want to, again, get access to the certification, then please head over to the link. First module's free. We talk about uh, a few of the frameworks or the seven frameworks in there. Uh, you've got the podcast. You've got the Instagram. You've got everything. Uh, if you want to chat with me, book a call. There's a link. I'm happy to talk to anyone about anything, coaching, whatever you want to do. But this is from me uh, presenting it to you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. And I will speak to you very, very soon.